Hello and welcome to episode 179 of First Geek 411. I'm your host, Cameron Franklin. And with me, as always, the Blue Man Group himself, Chris Nicolay. Chris, how are you doing today? Their skin is blue and my hair isn't blue, it's purple, so... Yeah, but there's not a group called the Purple Hair Group, so I had to do the best I could. You're slacking. Yeah. With us, whose hair isn't blue or purple, Shanine. Shanine, how are you doing today? Pretty good. My hair was blue once. Should do it again. Are there pictures of this on the internet? Yes. And it has to be. Joining us, someone who I feel has had some crazy hair colors in the past, Emma. How are you doing? You would be 100% correct in that. I also had blue hair at one point, actually on several different occasions. So uh, it is a state in which I like to exist on occasion. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the most like, theater kid fancy. thing ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Listeners, this week we got the DeLorean, Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings, and ScarJo. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be talking about the top three releases that we are looking forward to. And if you would like to tell us what color your hair currently is or has been, you can do that on our social media at 1geek411. You can join our Discord server. Shoot us an email at 1stgeek41 at gmail.com. You can check out our website, 1geek411.com. You can tell us literally in chat right now what color your hair is on twitch.tv slash 1geek411 and be part of the post-show chats. You can also find the videos over on YouTube and let us know in the comments. Crazy hair colors. And if you want to post a picture with a crazy hair color, you could do that with merch from our Redbubble store. Before we get into the news, let's catch up on what all we've been doing. Emma, why don't you start us off? I had an uneventful week. Nothing too dramatic. I, uh, let's see, book club happened on Thursday. That was fun. That was a mm-hmm. delight. Most serious conversation we've had, but yep. it's still very enjoyable. And I played some Pokemon Unite because it's free. And I have been doing better than I thought I would. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Not exactly what I expected it to be, but in a good way. Uh, but what Pokemon that's... are you playing in Unite? I mean, yep. I started off with Charizard, but I didn't really like how Charizard played. So I've mostly been playing with the the yellow monkey dude because mm-hmm. I like Zora, how Aura. Yeah. yeah I like how he plays so that's been my sort of go to because it fits my general button smashing play <laughs> style. Um. So yeah. Um, I'm moving this week finally. Woo! So that's like my big thing this week that I've been looking forward to. <laughs> But yeah, that's been my week. Shanine, what have you been up to? Okay, so the day after we did book club, I finished watching Never Have I Ever season two, Mindy Kaling's show on Netflix. Oh, and it's brilliant and I love it. And also it was weirdly applicable to book club because a character who is half Japanese found out that his grandfather spent time in the internment camps. Also, season two, far better than season one. In my I opinion. mean, I loved it all. 
yeah. but, but mm-hmm. like season two definitely had a lot of great moments yeah season two just carried on and like the characters just grew and are like a little more relatable they're not as like extreme now or at least the main character <laughs> there was a, a little more volatile but she's like <laughs> she's not as like just intensely out there now <laughs> yeah and then also speaking of book club immediately after i finished saying i've never heard of graphic novel memoirs <laughs> i uh spoiler alert for something i'm gonna say later went to the library and grabbed some graphic novels and was like, oh, this one looks interesting. And it's all like based on a true story. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is a thing. This is my life now. (laughs) We don't speak of the dog park. That's all for the (laughs) figures. Yeah. But yeah, the graphic novel memoir that I picked up this time is called The Band Book Club. And it is about fighting against the government in South Korea in the 80s. So it was pretty yeah, cool. I saw this and thought you were being involved in a second book club. <laughs> and y'all only read banned books. And I was going to be very disappointed. I mean, I'm sure that's an idea that's at least <laughs> yeah. been pitched in the past. Oh, it is. I'm it sure is. that's a real, very does real book club. <laughs> like... <laughs> It exists currently. I can. Yeah. I know who runs it. It's like, I am actually, in (laughs) fact, a part of a band book (laughs) of that concept. Sorry to disappoint you. Sorry to disappoint you, Cameron. I am extremely disappointed. Not disappointed at all. And yes, I went and had a beach slash library day. The library ended up being much more exciting than the beach. The beach had a lot of bugs that wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, in general, beaches shouldn't be exciting. I find them very exciting. Thank you very much. They should be relaxing. I mean, it depends what activities you're doing there. I mean, true. There are always do shark exciting beach activities. So that's always very exciting for me. (laughs) But yes, I was trying to relax and I wasn't relaxing either because insects insects i would just like smack one off my arm and then look down and have like 10 more on my body and i'm like cool this is fun i like this so i went to the library (laughs) so i went to the how many books did you get from the library uh okay so i i went to get (laughs) one that was on hold And then I was like, I'll pick up some graphic novels so I can catch up on my Goodreads goal because I'm behind currently. And I ended up leaving with eight books. It's actually not as many as I was anticipating. I mean, that's a lot of books that you're borrowing. When are they due? Are you going to finish eight books? And when are they due? Can you renew online? Um, Yes, I can renew online. (laughs) They're due in three weeks. Three of them are graphic novels. And I finished one of them already so plenty i will yeah i will also tell you it devours as a super fast read so that should not take you long at all yeah i'm like 70 pages in already or something so there you go (laughs) super fast read yeah 
Giant worms. Yeah. I've also yeah, been listening make it Night Vale. to the Welcome to Night Vale ambient music while reading it. Definitely recommend it. Um, I played the demo for Beacon Pines, which is an indie game that we talked about in our E3 episode. And basically there's this storybook telling the story of weird things going on in this town where cute little animals live. And you can influence how the story goes by choosing keywords at turning point moments. And it's very exciting. And I like it because your decisions are not locked in stone. You can go back and change them on the story tree. I love the art style for this game. It's so cute. I loved it. Yeah, I'm really excited for the full game to come out. And now that we're all vaccinated and stuff, we went to church on Sunday. Woo! In person. With our bodies. With our bodies. Yay! (laughs) Wait, you didn't astral project? Slacker. (laughs) It's just really tired. (laughs) (laughs) I've spent so much time astral projecting the past year. Sometimes you just want (laughs) to... You just want to not, not do that anymore. Chris, what have you been up to? Not a whole lot, just mostly work and more work, lots of work. But I did also jump into Pokemon Unite. Proud of you. And I'm kind of killing it. Who are you playing as? Alola Ninetales. Nice, that's her choice. Real, I'm I'm pretty good with her. And yeah, I have a pretty good, like the times I've lost, I've gotten MVP because my team just sucked. <laughs> I'm just, I was really disappointed in what they were doing. I'm like, stop trying to fight everyone. They don't got anything to drop for you. So <laughs> you don't have to take them out. Um, And also I've been playing some Final Fantasy 14, picked up my first healer class. Because that's what's missing from my friends that are currently playing. They don't have a healer. They're all first timers. And I'm not good at healing. I mean, you were just literally just talking about how Pokemon Unite, you just want to not fight other people. Well, I I want to fight other people for the most part. But I want them to also, like, there has to be payoff. I'm not getting in there to fight. (laughs) It's like, oh, you're coming into my territory? You're dead. (laughs) Chris is a libertarian, let the record show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not actually, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, healing is, is not my forte, <laughs> that poor tank, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's been, it's been fun. Other than that, uh, did have a birthday party for my friend's 30th this weekend. Um, and it was a grand time. We had tacos, homemade tacos. It was really good. Um, and we saw a bunch of other friends that were visiting for his birthday. So uh, some of our friends were up from Denver and Salt Lake City and all over the place, which was a big surprise. And yeah, it's been it's been a good time. And I tried catching up on anime, but did not succeed. For me, I've also been playing Pokemon Unite, which means, Shanine, that's three out of four. I know. I was looking. I'm like, oh no, I'm the only one who didn't do it. Just, on the train. 
I'm just free. saying. Maybe only spent a total of like two hours playing it. So <laughs> like, there is that, but I've just been doing the daily daily stuff, <laughs> mostly. So with Chris not streaming last Wednesday, I took the opportunity to jump on and do a Wednesday stream. Played with Nerdo King, who is a primarily Pokemon streamer, um, and so played with him and then Hermes, uh, who does a lot of other Pokemon content. So shout out to them. Um, we had a lot of fun. Played some ranked. Um, it was my first time getting playing ranked. Got some good wins. Got a crushing defeat. Um, that yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah, there's some good players. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, love and Gardevoir. Also, Slowbro. Don't underestimate Slowbro. Nah. Slowbro was one of the first guys I played, guy. and he was surprising. I was like, this is just a mm-hmm. defender. like, yep. And he's more than just a defender. He kind of kills it, but... Other than that, Deanna and I streamed some Sackboy A Big Adventure, which is basically Little Big Planet 4. Um, don't know why they didn't just call it that. We're talking about that on stream with Chunk. Um, yeah. Um, don't get the naming thing, but, you know, to each their own. And so we've been working through that. We're on the second out of five worlds. And so we might stream that again or at least be playing some um, in the future. And then last year... I got a board game called Founders of Gloomhaven and then finally played it um, after Yay. after getting it started. Emma, I feel like you would strongly dislike this game. Um, the, the We watched a like how to play video that was 40 minutes. Oh, no. Yeah, that so, definitely exceeds my uh, yeah. learning curve time limit. Yeah. Um, and so the like the setup for the game was like, the first like 15 minutes of the video and and so um but yeah so highly recommend it though it's a great like city builder i don't i'm not overly familiar with like the gloomhaven ip um and but this isn't like directly it's not directly connected in the sense that like it's a completely different game than gloomhaven um and so like the way it works is like everyone like has a resource or or two resources to start out with and then basically you have to like kind of work together to build the city of Gloomhaven. And so like I might have stone, but Chris has livestock. And so I need to work with him to do something and combine those materials and whoever builds things first, like that kind of thing. Um, and so, so it's wait, a very it co-op or it is competitive, but like you do kind of have to work together to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- it's kind of like, like the way that they tie it in is like, okay, so I th- and I'm stretching because I have only played once. So I think if you combine a livestock and wood, you get leather because you can like make armor, stuff like that. And so like if I make the building that makes leather, Chris gets points for being the one that provided the livestock. Oh. Even though I built the building. So and then I get some points. Um, but then there's like a third tier, which is weapons. So if I build the weapons building, Chris still gets points because he provided the livestock for the weapons and stuff like that. Um, so there's kind of this like chain of like who owns what. Um, and so it's really interesting. I definitely am looking forward to playing it again. It's one of those that I was kind of sad to put away because it took so much to set it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like it's you have to de- dedicate a day. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's it's one of those, and it is a very long game. We played just Deanna and I. Um, I mean, like I said, the just the how to play video was forty minutes, but um, so does it take longer with more people then, or do you think it goes faster? I, I think it would take a turns would take longer because like there's this mechanic where if I play the trade action, y'all each get to do a weaker version of that action on my turn. Interesting. Yeah. And then like, so like on my turn, there'd be four actions going and then the, then it would become Shanine's turn and she would do the build action. And then we would each get to do like a mini build action on our turn. Um, and so it's like this really interesting way of doing it. But yeah, I could see that taking a very long time because there were times where like Deanna would build a building, then I would build a building. And between both of those, that would cause this chain of events to happen. Uh, because we would like complete some, like complete one of the objectives. And so, um, I could definitely see like individual turns taking quite a while, but I feel like game progression though, with more people mm -hmm. would probably go a lot quicker because you have, you have more people because like you don't really fight over resources. Yeah. So like you're building out the map a lot quicker. Yeah. Whereas like one of the issues is like we started on opposite ends. And so we kind of had to work towards the middle just to get started. <laughs> which would be a lot quicker with four Smart people. people. Yeah. So, but yeah, listeners, let us know what you've been up to. Um, always happy to hear about stuff over in the discord, such as chunk the hut watching the Truman show. Such a good movie. Yes. Fantastic movie. So let's get into the news. Chris, why don't you start us off? So literally just this morning, uh, I randomly logged into Twitter um, because sometimes I think to myself, my social media presence is lacking, which it does, and immediately saw that Amazon Bar Lord of the Rings on Amazon Prime had tweeted, and we officially have a release date, which is September 2nd of 2022. And we also got our first look, which is an image that confuses me deeply. Yeah, so so what's up with the trees? Okay. I saw you yeah. okay. So listeners, as someone who knows basically only what happened in the movie, Chris posted and something's going on here. I do not understand it, but the trees are wrong. Right? Okay. It's kinda. Well so <laughs> so they gave us this image. It's a city, uh a knight looking probably an elf because of the era that we are looking at. So we know that the Lord of the Rings series is taking place during the second age, which is predominantly elf lore um, and kind of advancement. Um, and so we see uh, a city and then way in the background, if you analyze the picture, you do see two trees. These are the two trees of Valinor. Um, and they at one time provided all of the light uh, to the world. So they were essentially a, a gold tree and a silver tree representing sun and moon potentially um they were grown following the destruction of the uh of the lanterns so initially light was brought into the world via lanterns lanterns were created to provide light those were destroyed and the by morgoth and then uh they transferred Classic that light morgoth. and grew the trees eventually those trees were devoured by ungoliant and Classic Angolian. And then the they then from there the sun and the moon were created. But that is all prior to the first age of Arda, which is the overall world. Um of Arda. 
And so the trees don't exist in the Second Age where this is taking place. So it is possible we're going to see a lot more than just Second Age because obviously we're dealing elves. We're going to probably be dealing with elves that were around. Um, the elves were first awakened during the Age of the Trees. Um, and so maybe this is like a, I don't know, a flashback from yeah. the original story. But I don't know. What's, we'll see. What's What's the word for like when you're reading a book and it's like a chapter before everything starts? A prologue? Like a prologue. Thank you. I was going to call it a prelude, but I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. So maybe it's one of those. I mean, there, that's a long, that's a big prologue. That's a big gap. We'll like it. Because if I've learned anything, you just cram all the backstory in the first five minutes and call it. I mean, it's worked out yeah. great. For but there, that's, there's an entire first age before the second age. <laughs> and the trees predate the first age. <laughs> so... And, yeah, T- time's also very confusing when we're talking about ages, much similar to how we perceive the Genesis scriptures, because it's like, we're talking days, but certain things didn't exist, how were days, like, what's the time frame of a day kind of situation? And that is very similar for, for the time of the lanterns, time of the trees, those those eras, and also in perspective of the immortal elves live, uh, and much less the valor um but but yeah so it's it's confusing but i'm curious it's pretty it's a very pretty initial Mm -hmm. picture it's a great shot um and hopefully they they do they do this well i'm excited just 13 months to go literally exactly 13 months Gotta believe. Gotta believe. I believe. Emma, what do you got for us? Something that I don't entirely understand. (laughs) Because this does not cater to my, where I exist in the world. But apparently the uh, famous DeLorean from Back to the Future is the newest member of the National Historic Vehicle Register. It is the, I think, the 29th car to be added. Um, And this register was created in 2013 in collaboration with the U.S. Department of Interior to recognize and document the country's most historically significant automobiles, motorcycles, trucks, and commercial vehicles. Which makes me laugh because they literally just added a fictional vehicle this list because it like doesn't really exist in real life um but yeah exists. for anyone who likes vehicles and is also a nerd there you go we're um, talking about the car doesn't exist well like it exists in the sense that like there are models slash remakes of it but like those remakes would not exist without the movie. Right. But so, so what this foundation does, yeah, this is also specifically the back to the future. Yeah. It's specifically the back to future. This is not the general DeLorean. This is, it's that specific one. 
So this particular register, it, it, it cares more about the cultural impact of a vehicle than than the like function and everything else. So the DeLorean is has a very big eighty like front, as a eighties vehicle has a very big cultural impact, which is why it makes sense that it'd be included. And I think the thing that's that gets me is it like it's the only like fictional car on this list. Yeah. Like if like the Batmobile was here or whatever. But like it just seems so weird that this is the only one. Yeah. I mean it's a relatively new register too, so factor then also I mean like the DeLorean itself is iconic now because of it. Like you would recognize a DeLorean on the street. Mm-hmm. You'd recognize the Batmobile, but that was never a production vehicle. Right. That we know of. Yet. Not a production vehicle. <laughs> you can count on people to go that far in the grand scheme of things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that whole thing kind of made me laugh. And at one point, I got this mental image of like a biker gang, but driving all just cars from this list or whatever. And like, they're all like really cool cars. And then right in the middle, you just have this random DeLorean from Back to the Future. So. There's some news for people who like cars who are also nerds. So, also according to their website, you can apply for funding if you're a teen trying to like go through driver's ed. So, get on that there and you can you get go. your driver's ed paid for. If you were going to add a fictional vehicle to the registry, also be advised that it has be- to be a American vehicle. Touche. Oh, so that there might goes. also be the stipulation is that the Batmobile isn't built on an American platform. Mm. There goes my answer of the TARDIS. Ang's <laughs> <laughs> air scooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, obviously a 1967 Chevy Impala. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Is that already on here? Doors have to be the right kind of squeak, too. (laughs) And no, it's not. They have the 68 Mustang on here, which I'm pretty happy about. That would probably be my pick. It's already here. 68 was the year they did brought the fast back out. They have a 64 Impala. Hmm. And a 64 Shelby Shelby Cobra. And so I guess one thing to note here is...
is they also like they are very specific vehicles so like the 64 impala is specifically the like original lowrider the gypsy rose is what they're indicating so like all the cars on their list are like named cars which is why it would be specifically the back to the future delorean hmm. Makes sense to me. For my news this week, we found out that ScarJo herself is suing Disney over the simultaneous release of Black Widow in theaters and on Disney Plus. And so I'm going to be reading this from uh, an article on WDWNT. I don't know what that is, um, but I found this when I was prepping. And so Johansson is currently suing Disney over its simultaneous release of Black Widow in theaters and on Disney Plus through Premiere Access, which she claimed caused her to lose financial incentives tied to the film's box office earnings as it was laid out in her contract. Since the COVID-19 pandemic did play a part in Disney's decision, Johansson um, asserts that Disney refused to renegotiate their deal after the decision for the hybrid release. Disney responded to the lawsuit claiming it it's especially sad and distressing um, and its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the report later reiterated um, by Screen Rants, Chris, um, Chris Iger claims that multiple insiders blame the CEO, um, Chapek's um, inexperience at handling talent for letting these results in, um, letting things result in this suit with one saying he didn't think it would blow up in his face. So had you have someone so high profile right. as Scarlett Johansson, it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah. Um, so had y'all, had y'all heard about this? I yeah. This was over a, yeah. a lot of places. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so I saw that it might've been like $50 million that yeah. she lost because they didn't renegotiate. Well, and the thing is that like that, I find kind of, I don't want to use the word funny, but like, is the fact that her manager, like she and her manager tried to renegotiate the contract and like tried to just like reach out and be like, hey, can we redo our contract before all this like mm -hmm. happened? And then Disney just goes, oh, you should have re tried to renegotiate your contract. And they had, it just got refused. So... Deanna says in chat, this topic sounds like it should be a legal, legal video. Yeah, I ultimately, it. I definitely side with Scar Joe here because I always side with a person over a corporation. Yeah. In general. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the fact that her contract stipulated, which granted when they started making the movie was well before we knew anything was going to happen like this. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it happened during post-production. And... I mean, it was probably actually done with production. Right? Or like it's because that's what I mean, like post-production. So they're in the, the like, it's off. It's not shooting anymore there. Right, right. Yeah. But like, so but the, it was supposed to come out in original, May. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Yeah. It was May oh, yeah. of 20. So just given my general knowledge of the production timeline, because that's what I'm going to school for, it would have been done with 
production for at least six months prior to May, mm-hmm. if not more. <laughs> it likely would have been more. So, but yeah, I think she's, that whole time, as a result, very much in the right because just in general, you know, <laughs> box offices aren't doing well. Um, and if you, as a corporation, are then going to capitalize on your new streaming service and that is also going to further affect the open box offices, mm-hmm. then yes, that should have been renegotiated because also I'm pretty sure they were recording the movie like when they initially negotiated their contract, Disney Plus didn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shane, any thoughts from you? Um, yeah, kind of same feelings. I've seen people be like, oh no, like a very wealthy person didn't make as much money as they wanted. But also on the other hand, Disney can definitely afford to pay people money. Yeah. yeah. So and, and I think there too, some people have the assumption that Scarjo is the only one that would benefit from this. That I would assume that there are other people involved in that movie, let alone um because Emma Stone is re- reportedly yeah. considering suing Disney as well. Yep. So like, um, and so the, like assuming it's not even just them as the headliners, like if there's other people involved in the movie, who's like, who could receive extra pay based on how well it did. Like, like this isn't, I, I think people have that assumption that it is just ScarJo here. Which it's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and also like, I, I believe like a lot of what this would do is it would set a precedent is the ideal and ultimately it should mm-hmm. really should have been Disney that should have approached yeah. them to renegotiate the contract saying, you know, just in terms of trying to take care of the people that have earned you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the, um, in chat, Deanna says people need to be talking to their lawyers before they write checks. Yeah. So I saw a thing that was basically like, you know, Tom Holland's lawyer is or like agent is like going to a lawyer right now. And like they're looking over that contract to figure out what's going yeah. on j- just to be safe. Like, um, and especially with Tom Holland, given the whole Spider-Man rights. Yeah. There's like how much of a mess. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I did. And I just I I can't imagine what this is going to look like in the future um diana says a lot of production companies have probably taken a huge loss because their stuff missing out of the years over the past year the pandemic screwed over all the parties probably and i think that's part of what's going on here is this the assumption that like i mean and, and i guess if reports are true about emma stone that's exactly what happened is it was well i'm not gonna fight this like it's a rough year and like <laughs> And then we now have somebody else stepping up for it. So, well, I mean, like a big part of it is in general, like, yeah, I mean, I understand letting it go due to COVID, but Disney made a lot of money during COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of money. Yeah. Insane <laughs> amounts. And I made money off of Disney, which was nice, but <laughs> like, it, it's just a. You got those stocks. Yeah. Heads up, everyone. I I, th- I feel like that's ha- a disclosure you have to make if you own stocks and we're like a thing, but I'm not a financial advisor, but I did buy stocks. I own stocks in Disney, <laughs> so I should make that disclosure. 
Yeah. So, so Chris is now a corporate shell. Chill. Don't trust his Disney opinions. <laughs> As I'm uh, bashing them. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that's the that side of it too. Of like Vienna calls out, they also laid off thousands of people. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of the challenge of like like what this year has been. Of certain things have gone very well for certain companies, and then even within that, the same companies like the parks got hit really hard. Yeah. Like a lot of the park employees, especially, got like got wrecked by this. And but then they probably receive government subsidies as a result. Hopefully. Um, but so with that said, what do y'all kind of pulling it out a little bit? What do y'all think of the door, dual release model? Um, how do you feel in general about movies coming out day and date streaming platforms and theaters? If it was, if things were normal, we'll say. If I, things were normal, I would not personally be a big fan of it. Like if, I mean, if it were a thing for my entire life, that would be one thing. But like if the world just suddenly switched over to it, I'd be like, this doesn't feel normal. Like there has always traditionally been that sort of period where a movie comes out in theaters of like what? two, three months where it's in theaters only and then it gets pulled out and then can be found on streaming services or DVD or whatever. Like there's that traditional box office period of getting to see it in theaters. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, what it, what this, like, I don't care for the same day simultaneous release part of it just because what and if as long if it changes then um then you know my opinion would probably change but so much of like the success of a movie is based on box office numbers yeah. um and we base so much off of that so i mean like you'd have to be able to find a way to combine that with with your streaming to gauge the success and so because they do that for like series like marvel and stuff and like so the success of black widow will determine what their future projects are going to be and they look at a lot of that as like as the box office numbers and so mm -hmm. if it wasn't as successful we might see less female protagonists in in that kind of centric role and I wouldn't like that. Hmm. Shane, what do you think? Um, completely disregarding the politics of it all. I, I don't hate it. It's kind of nice to have the option if I don't want to go out to just watch it at home. I would just like the at home option to be slightly cheaper than going to the theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think having to pay like over the price of two tickets to watch it in my own house is kind of silly. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, yeah. And it kind of reminds me a lot of like, I'll use the show heroes as the example that like, wasn't doing great ratings wise, but like that was right around when like, like watching on like a, the network website was taking off and apparently like heroes was doing like really really well there and it was like actually like a time slot issue 
And so like now granted that show did not do great overall, but like, um, but like the part of that show getting continual series was because of its early success on online. And so I kind of, I can definitely see that type of thing happening here where there are some movies where like a lot of people wouldn't be going to the theater to see it, but people would watch it if um, it wasn't 30 bucks for it or something like that. Um, and so I, I think in that regard, I, I think there's like a suite there of like a, of some sort of price um, to, in order to like, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's 15 bucks. I don't know what like cost wise that is. I mean, I get the $30 thing because it's an access premium more than, right. you know, you're you're paying to conveniently watch it without having to go to the theaters that's what it is you have access to it day one from your streaming service at home so it's more of an access tax than a convenience thing um and also i think a lot of people because of it is disney you know they're also assuming it's typically going to be three to four people watching (laughs) so it is ultimately a cheaper option than the movies yeah, and I know we talked about that because, like, we did the the premiere access for Mulan, but it was one where it was like Deanna and I, um, Deanna's sister and her roommates. So we're at like six people, like her brother and his roommates. So it's like ten people and Deanna's parents. So like, like we're talking a good chunk of people at least were able to see it. I don't mm-hmm. know if everyone watched it, and so like when you get into that, yeah, it's a, it's a great deal. And that, the thing that I think is is interesting there is i would be pretty curious like what that looks like and how they track that so like like presumably they can very easily track how many different ip addresses are accessing through an account and they can track okay well of those accounts this many people watched it um and i'd be interested to see how that would play into like ticket sales that kind of thing obviously they wouldn't have they call it something different but um, I'm, I'm interested in what that would be. Um, although I mean, I'll say for me, honestly, like I would be fine if it was $10 and you get to watch it once. Yeah. Like, and then just wait for it to come back on. Have a, like a 24 but, hour period. Yeah. If they like, did like a, like pretty much your rental for. Yeah. Like, like Amazon like, prime yeah, rentals, yeah, things like exactly. that. That's honestly, I think that's what they should do and lower the cost. Cause then yeah. it's like a that, ticket from from like the have day one hours. yeah <laughs> from the day one with like Mulan I think it was which was the first one where they did this like that was my whole thing was like that would make the most sense if you're going to do an mm-hmm. early access whatever premium access on top of a a subscription fee that you're paying monthly anyway make it a rental of 24 hours and lower the cost mm-hmm. to like 10 12 dollars whatever so they only get it for 24 hours but they're paying less mm-hmm. right now you get it for six weeks yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. but also like you like what i'm more curious about is the effect of the s- simultaneous release on things like hbo max which doesn't charge a premium access cost and you just get access to a brand new movie that's just hitting theaters and what type of effect that's having on the production and like perception of this movie success 
Like they can definitely mm-hmm. calculate the number of people that are joining HBO Max to just watch these brand new movies at their home, but and kind of look at viewership. Mm-hmm. But that does have, as a result, that would have a huge impact on overall earnings for the movie. Mm-hmm. In chat, Varoth says the movie production companies are always are already squeezing cinemas out of their movie-based profits. It's pretty well understood that cinemas make no money on the movie. The money comes from concessions. So yeah. charging more than that um, for at home, ouch. I realize that movies are a huge risk reward for the companies that finance them, but overall it feels like block budgets and movie productions just steamrolled everything for financially. And like Indiana calls out that um, our favorite theater, Alamo Draft House, hasn't been able to reopen in person. Um, and this is kind of one of those things where it's like we would have loved to have gone there to watch Black Widow, but wasn't really an option yeah listeners let us know what you think are we off base do you hardcore agree with us any of those things um and let us know if you've ever done premiere access for a movie that shanine what do you got for us okay so right after we got the teaser trailer for the next season of Doctor Who. We talked about it here and we're like, oh, I wonder if Jodie's gonna be staying past her third season. And then like the very next day, there was an announcement that both Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall will be leaving at the end of this coming season. I'm ready for Chibnall to be gone. I'm ready. <laughs> Go away. So, so let we the record like show you. that they listened to our podcast <laughs> and that they wanted to answer our wonder or our wonderings. And so ours specifically. Yes. Definitely. No one else is on the internet. Just ours. Jody, if you're listening, I love you. You're my favorite. <laughs> Keep doing the good work. Except for she listens to any previous episodes. She knows that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wish that Jody could have had better because yeah. I really like her as an actress and I feel like she could have done really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I too am not sad to see Chris Chibnall go. No. One thing that I, I think is very interesting about the Doctor Who audience is that everyone seems to be very like pro Jody. And like, like everyone's like, you just got done dirty. Whereas like you yeah. look at other, like other fandoms and it's like, no, we hate everyone. Um, and so I just think that's so interesting to see. I mean, it's great to see. Ideally that's because people are moving more towards understanding that sometimes people on set are just doing what they're told. Like, yeah. but um, I was reading through a lot of like Reddit posts and it was like, I was really shocked at like how like positive everyone was about like her hopefully finding something great in the future and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, good job, internet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jody again, like, she is the first actor to take up the mantle of the Doctor who I knew going into her sort of era. Like, I didn't know anyone previously, and she's, like, one of my favorite British actors of all time. Um and she definitely did get done dirty in many ways. Like, 
not to mention that one of the timelines or timelines like big stories that chris chibnall sort of let pass basically invalidates the existence of a lot of classic who stuff on top of everything else so it invalidates a lot of the previous actors who have come before so just not a big fan of <laughs> him as a showrunner in general so that being said who would we like to see as a showrunner I mean, Neil Gaiman, not going to lie. Oh, man. Okay. I was like, he's... I have no idea, but yeah, I'm in. That's okay. definitely, he's, he's way too busy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> like... it's, I mean, it's not going to happen, but I can dream. Like, yeah. he's he's written for Doctor Who in the past, and the stuff he's written for Doctor Who, great, fantastic. And, like, we've seen, like, with Good Omens, when he's showrunner, it does really well. Like, he makes really good calls for the things that he's a showrunner producer for and like having him even assist partially in some way i feel like would greatly improve the show as a whole not to mention that he's just a genius in his own right like he could definitely straighten out all the knots that have happened so For me, I'm like 99% sure it will never happen, but I know I want I can dream Moffat back. <laughs> so do I. Stephen Moffat had some good stuff. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> like most of my favorite episodes are his. Yeah. I feel like I don't have a good perception of showrunners. Yeah. Of like, especially from like a lot of the British stuff. Of like I don't know who are the people that are in with like the Doctor Who circle. Basically yeah. everyone. Right. So Yeah, I can't think like I'm not good on British media, but I I would vote for like Paul Sims. He's a showrunner of what we do in the shadows. So like transitioning <laughs> Jermaine Clements and Tyka's work into TV. I think he did a pretty decent job. And I think mm-hmm. he'd probably bring a new take to doctor who that might just get me interested yeah i think i'll say that like there's a lot of people that i think would be very interesting but i don't know if it would be good doctor who that kind of thing like like taika is like one of the showrunners that like jumps out of like i would love to see what he would do with this but i feel like it would be very different yeah Uh, i would love it yeah yeah that's why i'm like neil gaiman i'm like he's he's done the routine already He's been there and he's had sort of his toes dipped in. And he's just enough of that type to make it work while also being different. Yeah. And I think Tycho would do the same because like, like if you look at all of his work, they are drastically different Yeah, in terms of tonal. And like when he does take over something like when he did Thor, he was very, he still remained pretty true to maintaining the like, thor and just actually built a better thor as a result and i think he could probably do very well doing something like but he's too big now baroth mentions in the comments that like 
Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who stuff, like he loves that. Um, his best stuff was when Russell T Davies was the showrunner. Um, definitely, I have this whole book that's just emails between the two of them um, writing stories for Doctor Who. Um, but Stephen Moffat and Russell T Davies were my two favorite showrunners. Um, when Russell T Davies took over, it kept some of the spirit at, while doing his own thing that was going into the Matt Smith era. Um, he like took on some bigger stories while still keeping on that sort of, I want to say mom and pop feel. Like it wasn't as complicated or convoluted. And that's kind of what I miss from sort of the earlier, earlier days of like mm -hmm. bigger stories, but still keeping the like simplicity of it all. Mm -hmm. And now that we know Jody is for sure leaving, who do we want to see as the next doctor? Okay. I know we said this is a joke last week, but if it's not like a POC or, or a woman, I would honestly like to see Tom Holland. <laughs> like, I know we said that like as a joke with him doing his American accent, but <laughs> honestly, I would kind of like to see Tom Holland as a doctor. My two big wishes that I just know like probably aren't going to happen, but I can dream big anyway. Tom Holland or Michael Sheen. Like, I would love to see either of those happen. So. I'd like Richard Ayaude. Who is that? Moss from the It Crowd. Moss. Because mm. be he's down. he's very charming. Um, and I I'd, I'd probably I'll tune leave. in to watch him in anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. And I want him to do it as Ross as as Moss. <laughs> <laughs> What if he did? Be like, perfect. <laughs> I'm just coming up with ways that you could get me interested in Doctor Who. Like, <laughs> where I'll actually sit down and watch week to week. Tardis Camera is on fire and he episodes. just sits there staring at it. <laughs> I have to say, Cameron Waters and Mars <laughs> is one of my favorite episodes. So, uh. Everall had a good call out there for, for that episode. I, it's a that's a really good one i did not really like that's again that's one of those things that like calling out like like roth called out the, the comment that you read about davies reigning back moffat and then it's like like then this episode it's like okay well you got me i like that episode good going like i just don't know i just don't know a lot of the like production side of it and so i don't know when all of that necessarily all switched around so Typically, at least the pattern has been that, at least for New Who, the showrunners leave with the lead actor. Hmm. So, do they ever split? Does the showrunner only get like a season? Has that ever happened? Well, well, with I don't know about classic Who, but Moffat left with Tenet, 
Davies left with Smith, if I'm remembering correctly. And there hasn't been sort of enough of a series, like enough of new Doctor Who to like establish that pattern in the sense of if showrunners would do it differently. But that's typically been the thing. Moffat was around for Eccleston, but he was only there for one season. So he was there for Eccleston and Tennant. And then when Tennant left, it, Moffat left as well. And then it sort of moved on from there. Or showrunners show leaving with the actor. They should just completely break the mold and replace the showrunner every season. <laughs> Here you go. Good luck. Like, let's see what you can try do. and figure out what the last showrunner was trying to do with this season. Exactly, and then just I continue like, the storyline. Becomes this amazing, crazy conglomerate of just chaos. Re like reimagining is like, well, this is what we know, so this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Sounds bad. I think it sounds great. <laughs> it wouldn't go well. Why not? It actually wouldn't go well. I don't I'm think they'd actually off build off of each other's ideas and would they just would like retcon everything. Nine it times would be out awful. of ten, I, I, I think... would be like, that last guy was an idiot. I'm just going to throw in a plot point that says, JK, it was all a lie. All I'm saying is Start how many over. different directors and writers are part of the MCU? Here's the thing. Right, but they have a Feige. I've, Let's I mean, that's how many true. Directors and that's writers true. are in also, the DCEU. Here's, here's the other thing. <laughs> that's true. You can't really compare it to the MCU because the thing is, the MCU is primarily movie. The thing with movies and TV is that in movies, the director has all the power. In TV, the director has none of the power. It's the showrunner that has all the power. So you can't really make that comparison because the directors in TV shows literally are just like, I have to listen to the showrunner nine times out of 10. I can make the call in terms of like how the lighting's going to look or is like minor sound, whatever. But it's the showrunner that has all the power in TV. Yeah, but traditionally, sure. Traditionally, but you're, I'm talking about breaking the mold. Like you can buy in a ton of roles in the one person. Give them a season and see what they do and let the next person build off it. <laughs> and then you set up a rule like no retconning. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Still, it would go down terribly. We can let the Lord of the Rings show test out that theory. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. I, I feel like Lord of the Rings is like one of those things where you just record it all at once and it gradually comes out. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I'm well, betting the anything is, they recorded like three seasons. Yeah. The other thing there is it's in, in some amount based on already created material. Like the material is already there for Lord of the Rings. However much of it exists because it's coming from Tolkien's notes is another thing. But like it's like there's base material there. Whereas Doctor Who, they just have to make it all up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, but you, you have how many seasons of existing content to build off of? 
a lot. <laughs> you know, so it, it's not like you're you're going in. You're just you're continuing a story that exists and trying to get writers that will write it consistently and progress it moving forward based on what we currently know. So if I, they I choose to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and what we've learned from any type of like media I said, is put the, the rule more, in. No the more directors and showrunners change, the better. So, Janine, you got another one for us. Yes. Um, just throwing this in there right at the end, I wouldn't mind seeing Tom Hiddleston as the doctor. Okay, mm. You got me. And, you know, that would be so another hot good right one. <laughs> good meme. Good meme. <laughs> Okay. And um finally, how would you like to see Jody's doctor go out? I don't know how doctors die, so Yeah, I don't I feel like I don't know <laughs> with, enough about what her things her arc's been. With redemption to the crumminess that she has been put through. <laughs> that is the most that I can say. Like she really deserved a better overall story arc and did not get it so some amount of redemption to that um so what she's saying is she wants chibnall to magically run a good season i mean <laughs> that's so much to ask just your last season come on dude fix the train wreck you started <laughs> i want chibnall to go out now and just bring in a new showrunner for the season <laughs> <laughs> see what happens when you have a different different completely different take on Jody's doctor I instead mean, of crossing your fingers and waiting for the guy that screwed her over the last two seasons yeah from what we've heard that's what I've seen at least apparently this season is going to be a little more tied together overall and every episode is supposed to have a cliffhanger and i don't know what to think about that but it does feel a little bit concerning to me but maybe we'll all be surprised i won't be i just want it to be meaningful i guess that's the <laughs> real thing like all the ones in the past have been meaningful in some way shape or form and I haven't gotten a lot of that from Chibnall so far. So. Yeah, I think one of the big things with Jody's doctor has kind of been like the companions are her fam. Yeah. And now Ryan and Graham are gone. So I guess just have something really heartfelt with Yaz. And whatever this new guy is. Yeah, I don't know. Whoever he is. We'll see I if I know. care about him. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> usually, at least for me, usually companions brought in for an actor's last season as a doctor, I don't care as much about. Because it's like, well, they don't have all this time to build that connection. You have, But okay. No <laughs> I thought the point of Doctor Who is you have nothing but time. <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I, I kind of agree with that, but I will say I really like seeing companions adjust to a new doctor. Like, I yeah. think that is one of my favorite, like, like times in Doctor Who is when yeah. there, you do get that, that carryover of the doctor. Like, I don't know why I know you. Why do I know you? Like, as yeah. they're trying to like refigure out who they are. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, I, I'm trying to fill this before in the past, but my first ever exposure to Doctor Who was a scene where the ninth Doctor regenerates into the tenth Doctor, and I literally thought the entire production team was on drugs because <laughs> I was just like, "Who thinks of this kind of show where the main mm-hmm. character just like bursts into glowing light and is suddenly a new person?" They probably but were it's on the drugs. Same person, like. Are you all on drugs or something? It is show business. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, again, this is my whole first experience with the show was y'all are nuts. Okay. One last bit of fun news. The Crown Season 5 had some casting announcements. Um, the biggest one being Queen Elizabeth II will be played by Imelda Staunton. And all I can see is Umbridge. Yep. She even and, like still looks like Umbridge like in these photos. I, I don't know how that's going to go for me, yeah. but as long as <laughs> she never sure wears pink, great. it might be okay. <laughs> yeah. They definitely can't put her in pink. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which they might eventually, but yeah, I mean, sure I want a, I want a joke about pink. her specifically not wearing pink. Like I know that like that's <laughs> like the, uh, not like necessarily the crown's thing, but I would love that meta joke of yeah. just like her picking out wardrobe and like getting rid of pink stuff. I mean, there's a lot of potential because obviously she is a obviously. wonderful act actress because of how she portrayed Umbridge perfectly. So perfectly. <laughs> Like, there was no redeeming quality in that performance because, like, I mean, in that character because of that performance. And mm-hmm. it was, she nailed it. And so I think in this, like, kind of stoic role, like, I think she'll be, she'll, she'll be great. Yeah, I just, I can't find it in the article right now. In that but, picture, that looks like my grandma. Uh, not gonna lie. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Imelda, <laughs> it says Amelda Staunton, best known for her role as Lady Bagshaw in Downton Abbey. And I was like, uh, I don't think she's best known for it. I think you're overestimating the popularity of Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it is a big hit, but it's great. I didn't even remember she was in Downton Abbey though. But the I generational just look at her appeal and I see is definitely Umbridge. <laughs> I mean, I feel like any British actor who was just any amount of anything was in Downton Abbey at some point or another. But then again, I've only seen like four episodes of the show, so yeah, I not, feel not like everyone, but every British many. actor is pretty much in anything relating to Britain when it comes to like <laughs> it, it, as a small cameo role somewhere. They just all sign up. It's like, oh, it's about it's about Britain. I'll be an extra. Sure. It's a big, it <laughs> it's like some of the biggest stars and they're just serving as extras because why not? I feel like that's the a very UK thing. 
Well, they've also got a small selection of actors, so. Veroth in chat says Downton Abbey was Maggie Smith and some other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> and everyone else. It's also very, like, that probably, say, that same thing probably goes for Canadian actors as well. like every Canadian actor is in everything that comes out of Canada. I feel like most Canadian actors work in the States. That's true. Eventually. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Put him in everything. But like all UK and Canada, all they do is just use the same credits for everything. Like they don't actually have to change anything. Save it's time. Just, it's, just... Yeah. <laughs> it's one less thing we have to worry about. Yeah, it's that much easier to load to IMDb. <laughs> it's like when they make something, it just automatically loads to any British actors and loads to their IMDb as their next piece. Go ahead and get into our announcements and then do our top three releases we're looking forward to. Um, stream schedule for this week. What do we got? I will be streaming some more Concrete Genie tomorrow night. How are you liking it so far? It's fun. It's very chill. Mm -hmm. Have you... Um... I missed the end. I'm trying to like ask a question that's not too spoilery. Um... <laughs> We won't worry about it. We'll, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> I will be streaming this Wednesday. I don't know what yet. If anyone's available, maybe we'll play some Pokemon Unite. You have my attention. Everyone get on Discord and we can... Shanine. <laughs> we'll just jump in Discord chat and we'll grind up some, some ranked or get Shanine up to ranked <laughs> <laughs> level and... And see what we do. See what we can do. If not, then Final Fantasy 14, probably. That one dungeon. Well, I mean, well, that's <laughs> if I do dailies. That's if I do dailies. <laughs> I've got to grind up a, a healer now, don't forget. And figure out how that works. Healing man. And because I can't play Diablo 3. Because reasons. Yep. I will not be streaming on Thursday. Because I will be driving a van out to LA. So I will have no internet and no TV. And I will be sleeping in a tent on the what ground. You, what you should do is stream the drive. I, I could stream the drive for a little bit if y'all wanted. But, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, lost service. Uh, Sorry. My, my uh, phone I mean, data plan would probably not be, survive. be a pretty entertaining drive. It's going to be a lot of fires. Especially yeah. that Oregon portion. A lot of fires. Yeah. Except I'm not going through Oregon. From Washington? I'm not in Washington. I thought you were going home to Washington first. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. It was a debate at some point, but it is That's what, no okay. longer happening. Gotcha. So you actually probably won't see many fires until you get to California, really. Because, yeah. well, maybe depending on what route you go. But yeah. Well, the route we were going to go got uh, closed for 
who knows how long because of mudslides. So uh, the complete opposite end of issues was mudslides. But anyway, no stream from me on Thursday. Um, I may stream Thursday then too. There you go. For me, I'll be back on Sunday, probably playing Phantom Brigade or Sackboy A Big Adventure with Deanna. We'll see. Or more Pokemon Unite. Oh, (laughs) you know, Chris, you're making a very good point. So (laughs) everyone just pick a different day and we'll all play Pokemon Unite. It's just you're hosting. You're going to be the face on screen. That's all. Right. We can put multiple faces. Sounds like a plan. All faces. I mean, we could. That's true, too. So it's just your perspective in terms of the gameplay. Yeah. And then. Certain someone forgot that you put the funny post about it, but we'll take care of that later. And our next book club is Masters of Kung Fu Epic Collection Weapon of the Soul as we get ready for Shang-Chi coming out at the end of, or I guess beginning of next month. And so, um, and so be reading that. Looking forward to picking mine up still. And it is on Marvel Unlimited. So people, you can do that free trial, read it, and then not renew. Or renew uh, because you let, want to support Marvel Unlimited. Touche. If it ends up being something you want, uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's your call, yo. We're not sponsored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we're definitely not getting sponsored. Cameron just said, abuse the week free trial and <laughs> don't renew. <laughs> hey, gotta do what you gotta do. So with that, let's get into our top three for this week. We are talking general releases uh, or upcoming releases that we are excited excited for. We should also caveat caveat this with saying, get your vaccines. Please. Um, if you are able and you have not, get it so we can get back to normal. Um, and with that said, Chris, why don't you start us off? Final Fantasy Seven Part Two. Very long way. <laughs> Very long way. Yeah. But I, I, it's just in my heart, man. It's in my heart. You just want to believe. Oh, it's happening. I just, yeah. you know, it's going to be another seven years. <laughs> I'll be 60 by the time we get all three parts. <laughs> It'll be PlayStation 8. <laughs> that's, that's a trick. They can only do one per console cycle. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. Emma, what you got? What do I got? I gotta open my Oh the Horizon Forbidden West. Cause y'all know I'm obsessed. <laughs> Conveniently did not put that on my list. <laughs> yes. Can Aloy wait. despite the Nora. Despite <laughs> The delayed pushback. <laughs> I am I ready still be for it to come out. Projected what? Quarter two now? 2022? Uh, or end of quarter uh, one? First one of quarter of 22. Yeah, I didn't actually read any of the articles. So beginning of <laughs> next year at some point. From the end of this year. So it wasn't a super big pushback, but it was still enough of a pushback to be like, oh, man, I just want to fight some robo raptors. 
I want to see what new like, robots they bring in. That's what I'm looking yeah. forward to. All yeah. about that elephant. All about the elephant. I'm so here for it. Um, excited for the new climbing system and the hang glider <laughs> and all of it. I feel like they need to do robo foxes. That would be cool. That take yes. you to shrines. They should just straight up steal yes. that from Shushima. He's <laughs> like, I have no other context for this, but that is what I want. Also, you can pet them. Yes. Like they're not they're not robots you fight in this like in this case. Like they're no, that would be exclusively <laughs> neutral and yeah. give you things. <laughs> I could Man. see like if they did do that, like. Having them be something that you can turn to your side and then they go, like, steal things from, like, em- enemy camps. Like, just like a, a one of your, their healing flowers things. And they oh, yeah, bring they it just back bring you to supplies to make they your arrows and stuff. They just bring you supplies stuff. every, like, 45 minutes or whatever. Give it its own level up tree. Oh, man. Very pro. Having a <laughs> Robo Fox familiar in Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, delay the game another year and add in the foxes. <laughs> you listening to us, Gorilla? <laughs> Take your ideas. We're big fans. So uh, follow my, you on Twitter. <laughs> my first pick is on theme with Chris's, and that's Final Fantasy 16. Also excited and, for. Yeah, and so I'm I'm definitely very excited to see what we are going to be getting in our first numbered Final Fantasy in quite a while. Um, I think this is the longest gap um, that we've had in several entries between a numbered um, between numbered games, and so I'm very much looking forward to um, whatever it is that this is going to be, especially since this is really the first like new idea since Final Fantasy 13. Um, obviously we had the MMO in there, but like Final Fantasy 15 was it was intended to be a spinoff of 13 um, at one point in time, and then versus became, 13, <laughs> yeah, and then became its own thing. And so I'm I'm very interested to to see them go back to uh to their take on a world and not have it directly connected. I'm excited um, to see the actual graphics <laughs> instead of yes. the the Can sprite, also confirm. The, the Final Fantasy 14 sprite replacements. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, hard agree there. So, <laughs> Shanine, what do you got? Okay, my first one is the last half of the final season of Attack on Titan. <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm so scared. <laughs> Just keep up with that animation. Love it. Yeah. Which one <laughs> will we get first? Final Fantasy VII Part Two or Attack on Titan? <laughs> Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan for sure. Like I'm pretty sure it's mostly done. <laughs> it's supposed to come out this winter, right? Yeah. I didn't want to Google it just in case of spoilers. Because it's just a split season. Because yeah. you type in Attack on Titan and it's like, oh, here's all these spoilers you didn't want to know about. And you're like, cool. <laughs> so I didn't even risk it. Smart. Emma. Or Chris, actually. I'm used to going in one way and I mixed it up and I mixed myself up. Granted, we know nothing, but I'm excited to see the first thing that comes out of Avatar Studios. Mm-hmm. That was on my short list. Whatever shortlist. it might be. Yeah. 
because they're working on a animated movie mm -hmm. that we know nothing about. No, exactly. Once again, working we know on nothing it. about. <laughs> um, but everything I'm excited about, we know nothing about. Well, I mean, we know about Final Fantasy VII, I guess, but don't know what they're going to do with it yet. But, uh, but yeah, anything out of that, and you know, included with that, I, I still want to see the Netflix Avatar series live action i want to see what exactly I believe yeah me too a lot of what i'm rooting for is just believing skeptically <laughs> <laughs> just holding on to as much hope as i can until it finally comes out <laughs> okay for real this time emma yay <laughs> So, Veroth already put it in the comment section, but my number two big excitement is Wheel of Time, Amazon Prime series. So excited for it. I've been reading the series for a long time now. As we know, I'm on book six, maybe 50 pages in, because I'm a slow reader. But super excited. Uh, it's a great, big, epic fantasy series. Look forward to it. Um, the cast looks great. I mean, it's all unknown people, but sometimes that's the best. Um, you find some really good hidden talent in people who are just not known. Um, and some of the, the clips that we've gotten, the teaser clips have been looking great. And um, yeah, the story as a whole, as a whole deserves a lot of big appreciation. So I'm looking forward to that coming into more people's radar as a whole so <laughs> oh yeah Veroth mentions the world building in the wheel of time is it's fantastic it, it's solid the whole thing is solid um so yeah <laughs> so I, I limited myself to one mcu pick um and that is of course thor love and thunder um the the movie and they take on thor that i've wanted in the mcu since basically jane foster shows up which you know is like the third movie um but like um i'm so excited that we're gonna get to see her as thor um i want to i just want to know what they're doing and how they're doing it um all of those things and um there's I'm definitely some like specific panels i want to see them recreate like even if they weren't doing Lily thor i'm just excited to have her back in <laughs> the mcu yep yep all of that like her back taika directing um yeah so much going on but that movie like really excites me and especially as it seems like we'll be getting a lot of multiversey things coming up um mm -hmm. i'm hoping that um in this one we kind of get to see just like a tight thor movie like give us the jokes give us like um, I, like I definitely see that being one of the things that just like you know what, less multiverse at some point, and just give us the the characters. Like use that as the reason that there's another uh, Mjolnir, and then like that's all we need for this movie. <laughs> like um, Jonathan. <laughs> Janine, what you get? Okay. Uh, speaking of Marvel and the multiverse my MCU pick is Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. I really just want more Scarlet Witch. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I almost put that on my list, but I decided not to. <laughs> and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm Scarlet less Witch. excited for him. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's another Benedict. basic white guy. It's Benedict. <laughs> I do love Benedict Cumberbatch. But yeah, I really love. No, Scarlet Witch. on Benedict, but uh, just I mean, another white. They're guy. both together, so it's gonna be great. I'm not not excited for him. I'm just not as excited for him. <laughs> I, I'm just excited because Doctor Strange is not not even necessary. His is my favorite MCU character so far. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Like I'll, I'll say, I, I think the movie Doctor Strange is one of my least favorite origin movies. Not by any means that it's like the worst one, but it's probably just one of my least favorites. But the stuff that they've done with that character in all the other films he's been in. Like makes right. me really excited for for us for like seeing him again headlining a film. But... Yeah, I really hope it's very horror like, and Cameron just hates it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had like it's just a way to force Cameron to watch a horror movie. Yeah, because <laughs> he has to watch it. It's a part of the MCU. I, I ha- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, de- you're right. I will watch it no matter what. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> it just depends on if I'm sleeping at the theater or if I'm able to drive home. Yeah. So. <laughs> Chris, back to you. My final piece comes out in two months. Yes, because it's August now. Comes out in two months and it is the uh, new edition of Lord of the Rings with Tolkien's illustrations which I've been talking about since they announced it and everyone should buy it. It's like 75 bucks, 70, 75 bucks, depending um, where you get it. And I am so stoked for this edition. Like I might re read Lord of the Rings again, <laughs> which is a lot. That's saying a lot because it's a lot to read. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, comes out October. Chris's gameplay streams just become reading streams. I feel like we could get in trouble for that. Yeah. I mean, also along that vein, we're also getting a Lord of the Rings audiobook read by Circus. Mm -hmm. Read by Circus? Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Who is that? Golem. Okay. (laughs) I know I knew the name, but I was just like, can't put a name to a face. Like we've seen very little, and unfortunately, but, uh, the only part we've seen is a golem part, which kind of disappointed me because I want to see him do the other parts other. before <laughs> making a full assessment. But either way, like, I'm buying that too because mm-hmm. it's gonna be gr- it's gonna be amazing. Okay, Emma, what's your number three? My number three is a book which we still don't have a release date for. And it's been like eight years. I am ready for. <laughs> no, but the author is pulling a very similar move, which irks me because it's a trilogy. And that's the Doors of Stone, which is the third book in the Wise Ma- to the Wise Man's Fear King Color Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. I just I'm so ready for the third book to come out because I want the series to be finished and so I want to read it. What's going to happen? And, and he's going to pull a Paolini and it's going to become a cycle. <laughs> oh, jeez, He better not. <laughs> um, I'm just it's one of my 
favorite series <laughs> and like I just want the doors of stone to come out so that I can get the end of both story and like he yeah so I want the book to come out <laughs> but I don't know when it's gonna be a so cycle I'm, just I'm calling it now <laughs> constantly in a low key state of excitement for when it does come out. He's like, I can't bring this to a conclusion in one book, so it's for now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in in some ways, fine, but the way that he's set up the whole series, it's he did trap himself into it has to be a trilogy, because that's kind of part of the deal with the storyline is that the main character is telling the story of his life to a, a script person in like three segments so he did sort of corner himself into like he could split it up into four but with his like with how it's all been set up like i mean they turned the hobbit into three the... movies <laughs> different media also a terrible call yes. everyone can agree on that another prime example of directors changing being exactly what was what the movie needed Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, my next one is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, I don't, I haven't played a, or gotten like a catch the Pokemon Pokemon game at release since, or like near release since like black and white. Um, I did eventually get Let's Go Eevee. Um, but I'm very curious to what this game is going to be, how they're going to mix up the formula. I like that we're getting this like random collection of starters. Um, and I'm, I'm really hopeful for what that's going to actually be. Like my hope is that it takes a lot of the inspiration from the wild areas from sword and shield um, and that kind of stuff. So I'm, this is that game that like, I want, I want to hope for it and I'm scared <laughs> like that kind of thing. I think it'll be fine. I don't think you have to be as scared as as you think. Yeah. I mean, scared in the sense of like, I don't want it to just be another Pokemon game. Oh, it, it's one of those things that like what I want from the Pokemon IP, I think is radically different than what they are giving. And so that that's more of what I mean. Not, I don't think this is going to be like a four out of 10 game by any means, but um, I just hope it's a bit more exciting than Grinding catch all the Pokemon. Yeah. Catch all the Pokemon, grind them, beat yeah. the final boss. Yeah. Final beat story. the beat the generic story and call it. And so right. we'll see. And then find hunt for perfects. <laughs> and shinies. Shanine, <laughs> okay. bring us home. What do you got? Okay. My last one, and I'm surprised nobody said is Witcher season two. Oh, I mean, I'm always excited for that. Well, I figured someone else was. That's why I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pick something that's not really on anyone else's list. <laughs> yes. I know what I did. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Very excited. And that's Toss this a coin to your winter, winter, right? Yeah. December 17th. Seventeenth. Which yeah. means it's my birthday. <laughs> because you know what you're doing? Geek culture loves my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Your birthday is the day before my sister's. 
My sister's is the 18th. Yep. Number of things that come out on that that week in December. Just like I was made to be, I was born to be a geek. It's just, just the way it is. In chat, Deanna says, "Witcher season two, um, Jurassic, Jurassic World Evolution two, and whenever the next Jurassic World movie comes out." Whenever the real Jurassic World comes out yeah. and opens. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so, listeners, if you have something that you're looking forward to, let us know. You can, of course, do that on our social media as 1Geek411. Join our Discord server. Shoot us an email at 1STGeek411 at gmail.com. You can also hang out with us Monday night, 645 Mountain Time. Be part of the post-show chats. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. And if you're a podcast listener, it would help us out a lot if you would rate and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to the podcasts. You can also always find our merch on our Redbubble store. And then check out our show notes on our website, onegeek411.com. And if you want to connect with us personally, you can do that on our personal social medias. Mine is Himar Whittle. Mine is I am not prepared with an I. I'm the Hoot and Howl on Twitter and Hoot and Howl Tales, T-A-L-E-S on Instagram. And I'm not so foreign. And it's been a great week. Wash them hands. <laughs> Had a dog. Read a book. I love you. And get your vaccine. Yeah, I was, just, I was literally about to yell that too. <laughs>